Coming up on this week's show, Krista Tomlinson is here talking about cops, roller derby, and wrestling. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 138 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from jeffadamswrites.com. And I'm Will from willknauss.com. This week's episode is brought to you in part by listeners just like you. We will have more information on how you can help support this show in just a few moments. Yes, indeed. Welcome back, everyone. I hope everyone had a fantastic week filled with lots of great books and lots of reading. Sir, what have you been up to? Well, okay, I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to, you've been up to the same thing that you've been up to for a while. How many months now? Too long. Yeah. Too long. You're, you're getting close to done. It is getting closer to done. Yes. So, yeah. So we can come up with more interesting things to update people with, but. Well, there is an interesting update this week because there's a title now. Okay. Which excites me no end because this book, <laughs> unlike the other Winger books, well, the first two Winger books, the title like came pretty easily. The third book had some stress, but my lovely husband helped me fix that because he had the perfect title for the book. This one's been hard, and I actually uh, just ended up talking in one of my author Facebook groups uh, yesterday. Uh, somebody had mentioned uh, a restaurant name creator that they discovered online, which is pretty darn cool because it's stressful coming up with names of places. Um, and I just asked if there happened to be a title creator somewhere. And then some folks stepped in and helped me brainstorm a little bit. And uh, in pretty short order, uh, the title Netminder uh, came to mind. And uh, that's perfect because, of course, Theo in the Winger books is a hockey player. And also in this particular book, he is, has to go save the internet. So it all kind of blended together in a perfect hockey internet sort of way. So yeah, Netminder, coming in spring 2019. Yay. Awesome news. And I wrote every day last week too, which is kind of my current thing to make sure I write at least a little bit. I feel like I should hang up a sign in the office, kind of like those, this plant has been safe for the past X days. <laughs> Jeff has written for the past X days, unbroken. (laughs) So, yeah, pretty cool. Um, Did have a great time this past Friday night at the Lavender Library in Sacramento, reading with uh, other members of the Queer Sacramento Authors Collective. Uh, Among the names that you might know from there, uh, J. Scott Coatesworth, Amy Lane, Kim Fielding, and S.A. Collins, also read, along with three others, who uh, had some pretty interesting work, uh, work in progress that they shared. Uh, I'm going to link in the show notes to each of the videos so you can go check out these, whether it's to see one of your favorite authors who I may have put on that list or to check out uh, potentially a new author for you to uh, become a fan of. In the Hockey Player's Heart, the feel-good gay romance by Jeff Adams and Will Knauss, hockey star Caleb Carter returns to his hometown to recover from an injury. He never expects to run into his one-time crush at a grade school fundraiser. Seeing Aaron Price hits him hard, like being checked into the boards. The attraction is still there, even after all these years, and Caleb decides to make a play for the schoolteacher. You miss 100% of the shots you never take, right? Aaron has been burned by love before and can't imagine what a celebrity like Caleb 
could possibly see in a guy like him. Their differences are just too great. But as Aaron spends more time with Caleb, he begins to wonder if he might have what it takes to win the hockey player's heart. Get the hockey player's heart in ebook, paperback, or as an audiobook performed by me, Finn Sterling, wherever you buy books. So this past Monday night, Adam Rippon won Dancing with the Stars. Hooray. Congratulations, Adam. Uh, that was that was good to see. He had a good run. And uh, yeah, I noticed on Instagram he was right back skating just yesterday. So no rest for him, apparently. He's right back at it. Um, also this week, I got the opportunity to watch uh, a new mini anthology series from uh, Charlie David. Uh, his Shadowlands, which has been an anthology book that's been available since 2010 from Dream Spinner Press. He's taken it and adapted it uh, for TV. Two of the stories that are in this anthology uh, are right out of the book. And then one was apparently created uh, expressly for the uh, show. He will actually be on the Big Gay Fiction podcast June 11th, so we'll get all the details on that. But really quickly, uh, this is uh, available now on Out TV. Uh, it was produced for them up in Canada, and it's available worldwide on Vimeo. So we'll have the Vimeo link for it if you want to check it out. There's three stories in this uh, that span three different time frames. Uh, the first one's called Narcissus, and it's in 1928. And we've got Alex, who is uh, a narcissistic, unsurprisingly, plastic surgeon who is very bent on perfection, and this whole little 25-minute uh, piece takes place at a house party with some rather uh, colorful guests, and uh, he decides the only person he's really interested in, in is himself. This was, for me, a disturbing piece of the uh, anthology, and uh, there was a, it was a little bloody, a little gruesome, uh, very, nar very much in the narcissist uh, kind of mythology, though. Um, mating season, the second piece, uh, I think is my most favorite of the three. Uh, 1951, and we've got a gay military couple kind of exploring the idea of opening their relationship up uh, in the times that they are separated. Uh, they go on a camping trip in the middle of nowhere, uh, a very beautiful middle of nowhere, I have to say, uh, and they encounter this stranger who kind of helps them figure out this opening up of their relationship. Those two were so extraordinarily cute and just loving to each other. Uh, the third coming into it added an interesting mix, and it kind of ends with an interesting little kicker, too. Uh, the third uh, installment, which is the longest one at about 40 minutes, uh, comes forward to 2018 uh, with a painter who's mourning the loss of his lover, and he becomes obsessed with creating this very realistic painting. Uh, this one's called Pygmalion Revisited. Uh, this is a a loving yet very sad piece uh, in the midst of this. Um, and Charlie actually stars in this piece. Uh, I loved the two lovers and what we see of their relationship. And you can't help but feel uh, for the guy that's left behind. Uh, this was beautifully shot, beautifully done. Um, I very much enjoyed those two. Um, I think Narciss... Nar Nar Narcissus will certainly appeal to um, people who are uh, into that piece of the mythology. Uh, and like I said, Charlie will be here on June 11th to talk more about the series and look forward to finding out from him more about what it was like translating some of his shorts from the book into uh, the film format. So yeah, check that out. The, the link will be in Vimeo if you want to pick that series up to check out for yourself. Cool. Yeah. Really quickly, we want to talk about a project 
uh, friend of the podcast, Jason Gaffney, has been working on the past few months. Uh, just a few days ago, the trailer for his latest project, Analysis Paralysis, hit the interwebs. And uh, this movie is uh, about a guy named Tyler. He is a young adult author. And um, he suffers from the title affliction of analysis paralysis, meaning that he overthinks absolutely everything uh, to a crippling degree. Uh, And it's a romantic comedy. Uh, It's about Tyler and his um, journey towards love with um, the hot guy who has moved into the neighborhood and he watches like jog past his house every day. Um, Jeff and I actually had the chance to check out uh, an exclusive early, um, what's the word? Sneak peek. As, well, an early screening. Yeah, an early screener of the film, uh, and we enjoyed it an awful, awful lot. Yeah, we certainly did. Uh, it's in the process of being submitted to film festivals now, and uh, I, ha- I have to give a shout out to some books that are in this. Uh, tr- my book, Tracker Hacker, actually makes its film debut in this movie. Uh, because Jason uh, wanted to populate the young adult author's world with actual young adult and other gay romance books. Um, his mom's book, Susan Brockman, has a few books in it. Uh, Serena Bowen and uh, L. Kennedy's book, uh, Him, appears in it, as do some uh, classic other books. So it was kind of nice to see some of the cameo books show mm-hmm. up in that as well. So uh, we're looking to get Jason back on the show to talk about this movie, and we wish him all the success with it, because it's super-duper cute. Analysis Paralysis is currently being submitted to film festivals all over the country. If you would like to check out the trailer, all you have to do is go to the... Show Notes. Show Notes page! That's yeah. right! To <laughs> BigGayFictionPodcast.com. Really quickly, I also want to mention a short film that premiered this past week. It's called Something New. Uh, it's a 15-minute short, and it stars Ben Bauer, uh, who you might recognize from the show Hunting Season. Uh, he was also in the film version of Something Like Summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Something New is really short, really sweet. Oh, um, it's about Ben's character, who is trying to get over a breakup. Uh, um, and when I describe it that way, it's not like, you know, a sad, maudlin, woe-is-me kind of story. No. Um, this is a, a romantic, funny short, uh, and it's his attempt to, like, get back out there uh, and meet people, um, despite the fact that he's not really into that idea. Um, <laughs> it's really adorable, very, very funny. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, it is currently available to watch on Vimeo. We will also have the link to something new at the show notes page. Just go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. Yeah, this is a, it's very worth your 15 minutes to check out that short. Uh, I read this week. I knocked off another audiobook. I am pleased to say, as we close in on the sixth month of the year, that in my Goodreads challenge, I believe I was doing 57 books this year to match what I did last year. I'm already over the half point. And we're not quite past the half of the year yet, so I'm very pleased that I seem to be reading so much. Uh, this week, I listened to Off the Ice, which is the first in the Hat Trick series from Avon Gale and Piper Vaughn. Uh, this particular book has narration by Kurt Graves. I believe, I didn't actually check this, but I think this is the first time that I have listened to Kurt do contemporary romance. Uh, and he does just as awesome a job here as he does on the paranormals that I've heard him do. Uh, This particular book uh, focuses on pro hockey player Tristan Holt 
who has decided to go back to finish his uh, business degree because he realizes that he needs to have a little something in the uh, in his back pocket in case uh, his career ends early, which of course can happen. Uh, one of the classes he's taking is sociology, and uh, Professor Sebastian Cruz early on catches his eye, and it's a bit of a mutual thing because Tristan in his sexy sweatpants also happens to catch the professor's eye. Uh, but they both know that the, they can't do anything about this until at least the term is over, and Sebastian is actually pretty worried about it because he is uh, kind of—he's on the tenure track, and he doesn't want to do anything to screw that up. And for Tristan, the issue is that he is not out uh, to anybody, um, neither his team nor his family or anybody else. However, these two do decide to get together after class is over, and they actually end up bonding over classic rock. Uh, Sebastian is very much into uh, the, the classic rock of the 70s and 80s. Uh, they end up bonding over a Pink Floyd t-shirt that Sebastian wears, and uh, or sorry, that Tristan wears, and Sebastian has a Pink Floyd album cover hanging in his office. Um, so there's a nice May-December thing going on here as well, uh, that they kind of teach each other uh, some things that they don't necessarily know. Um, for uh, Tristan, he gets to teach Sebastian how to ice skate uh, in a rather humorous way, and uh, Sebastian gets to take him for a ride in his GTO, which uh, Tristan finds very cool, and learns some more about music. Now, there's also a little trend here that uh, Tristan really wants to be on the submissive side of things. Everybody always thinks when they're hooking up with the hockey player that he's going to be the big bag dominant, and that's not really his jam. Uh, and it just so happens that Sebastian is happy to fill that role. Uh, I have read many romances that have this as one of their themes. Um, and I found this ridiculously hot between these two, and especially the way that Kurt reads it. Um, while Sebastian's being dominant, he is also very aware of his partner, uh, they don't mess with safe words or contracts or anything. He's like, stop. And stop means stop. And when you tell me to stop, I stop. And uh, just the whole way that it, it works, it's it's so incredibly hot and, and sweet. I, I was, as one of the first times I've read this, I was, I was really into like how it played out in this book. Uh, these two move closer and closer together, and eventually Sebastian does take Tristan, uh, sorry, Tristan takes Sebastian home, Oh, hey, these are different names. You'd think I'd keep them separated better. Um, to meet his family, uh, which goes well, and then he's got to deal with the, the can he come out to his team so that uh, Sebastian isn't just the friend. Uh, I've loved Avon Gale's books so hard. Uh, the Scoring Chances series is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, her team up here with Piper Vaughn works awesome, and I can't recommend Off the Ice enough, and another thumbs up to uh, to Kurt Graves, too, for the uh, performance of that. Mm -hmm. Now, if hot off, I mean, if off the ice sounds good to you, then all you have to do is go to the show notes page, uh, click on the link. Uh, you can find ways to purchase it there. Every time you purchase a book uh, using one of the links on the show notes page, uh, we get a couple of cents uh, goes into the pot to help keep this show running. Um, 
Now, if you don't want to use those links on the show notes page, that is okay. There are other ways to help support the podcast. Um, All you have to do is go to patreon.com to learn how you can do so. Uh, For as little as like a dollar a month, um, you can help keep this show on the air or on the interwebs. Um, (laughs) uh, As I said before, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash biggayfictionpodcast. Did you know that podcasts love to get reviews too? Taking a moment to leave a review about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast helps us with the show's visibility online. Please take a moment to visit iTunes and leave a review. Your comments help other readers of gay romance discover this show. Thanks for helping us spread the word about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. So a couple of weeks ago, I reviewed a book, um, Showing Him the Ropes by Krista Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. I loved it to pieces. And today, we are lucky enough to have Krista here with us on the show. Uh, we talked to her a couple of days ago, uh, and she's an absolute delight. Not only is she an excellent author, she's totally sweet, sweet very, very funny. Uh, she had a lot of interesting things to say. Um, <laughs> she's got a lot of uh, interesting stuff going on in her life. Yes, um, absolutely. A quick caveat before we get to the interview. Uh, we were experiencing a few technical difficulties. Jeff and I sound terrible, <laughs> but what's most important is Krista sounds amazing. Um, uh, we will be working on some of our audio issues uh, going forward. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get to the interview. Yes. We are very excited today to welcome Krista Tomlinson to the podcast. Krista loves to create stories that are emotional and lovely, and she also believes love is love and everyone deserves to have their story told. Her most recent release is Cuffs, Collars, and Love, which is Logan and Clay's story. It's a box set that brings together Logan and Clay's epic romance in one collection. Krista, welcome. It's so great to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. So before we get to anything around books, we got to delve a little bit into your history because it turns out you were a roller derby girl. Yes. What what was happening with that? How did you get into it? And and was it as fun as it often looks like it is from a perspective, as a spectator point of view? Um, I got into playing roller derby um, because I I'm originally from St. Louis and I moved to Houston and um, I at the time I was here by myself and I didn't really know anybody yet. So I was looking for a way to make friends, and I had watched roller derby um, as a kid because it came on late at night on Saturdays or something. And so I knew what it was, and like in um, around 2008 or so, it kind of started making a comeback because of the uh, movie Whip It. And so when I saw that it was you know, out there, I was like, oh, well, that would be a way to make friends. Like all those people are right there, and, and I love sports and you know, skating. So that's how I got involved. Um, I played for about five years um, with Houston Roller Derby. A pretty big league here in in the city, and it was a lot of fun. Um, it's a it's it's a full contact sport. Um, we get a, get a chance to get out there and just get physical, but also you've got your teammates and you're having fun. And you know, it's the whole you know uh, punk rock thing. Cause everything was DIY, and it was just it was a lot of fun. I miss it. That's cool that it was so much fun. It looks fun, but also like one of those things you would just get like potentially pummeled. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, you do. I had uh, two major injuries from it, which, you know, were, was kind of a drag. But um, I think that, you know, the fact that it was full contact and we were doing it because we wanted to, like, we took so much pride in the bruises and, oh, my God, look at this bruise I got from, you know, when you hit me on my hip and that kind of thing. And, you know, it was just like, you know, that kind of stuff is we, we enjoyed that. Just seeing that we were able to be so physical and tough that, you know, you didn't mind it. <laughs> I just have to point out to Will that, see, the bruise thing's important. I used to play hockey for a number of years. Awesome. He never appreciated my bruises, but they mean something. They're a badge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get a roller derby book sometime? You know, I had kind of considered writing one for a long time, and I might still go back to it because, you know, it's. I think it would be a perfect way, kind of along the same way as my other series, just to have so much drama and, you know, uh, uh, characters and just outlandish stuff going on because that's what roller derby is. So I might I might actually have to write one one day. <laughs> <laughs> on the future list. Right, exactly. With, with the other 40 stories I have planned. <laughs> so tell us, let, let's get to the, to the heart of the matter with the books. Tell us about the Logan and Clay collection that just came out. Um, so that was the box that um, um, that just kind of brought together uh, the three books from Logan and Clay's um, specific books in the Cubs, Collars, and Love series. So there's the Sergeant, the Sergeant, um, a Christmas novella, and then an officer submission. So I just put all those three books together so that readers who really like that particular couple from the series can just have it all together. So That's very cool. And, of course, the Sergeant, the first book from 2014, was a hit for you. That was seven weeks at the top of the Amazon yeah. Gay and Lesbian Erotica. List. I know. I, was, I, I had no idea what I was doing at the time, so for that to happen was just that was just pure luck and just you know very exciting at the time. So, <laughs> tell us about these books. Like, who, who are Logan and Clay, and and what was their what was the inspiration for those? Well, um, this kind of leads into um, my other series, but it actually started as a wrestling fan fiction <laughs> because um, I, I was playing roller derby at the time and I had broken my leg. So I was stuck on the couch all summer and um, I've always been a wrestling fan. And that was the first year that I really, um, in 2012 when I started writing it, was the first year I started getting into the whole shipping thing. And I was a big <laughs> John Cena and CM Punk fangirl. <laughs> so I was writing um, a fan fiction about it, and it kind of blew up on fanfiction.net uh, and kind of went to a place that I wasn't expecting. Um, I just didn't realize that that was going to happen. And I had gotten away from writing. I had published a, um, a novella before, but playing roller derby and teaching full time, I didn't have any time to write. Um, so this kind of got me back into it, and um, the popularity of it gave me the confidence to you know, start writing again. And so once I finished it, I rewrote it as the sergeant. I uh, had to come up with the whole new plot outline and characters and all that and everything, which was a lot of work. Um, so once I did that, I went ahead and published, published it as the sergeant. And um, it took off, you know, kind of the same way that the first, that the original version did. So that made me really happy. But it, it's a series um, about a sergeant, a police sergeant and an um, officer. They're on a SWAT team. Um, and they, um, the sergeant is, uh, he's a dom. And he's kind of had this thing for one of his officers for a really long time. And they kind of, you know, over the course of the book, kind of get closer and closer. And, and they get into their relationship. And, you know, there's a lot of drama and angst because, again, it was fan fiction. So that's kind of the, the whole trope thing behind it. So that, that's where that came from. 
Um, they are, um, they remain my favorite couple that I've written so far just because I got so in depth with them. Um, and so I, I was just really happy to, you know, see that uh, take off the way that it did. Now, you hinted at that you'd been writing before, before you kind of dove deep into the fan fiction. Have you, have you always written? Yeah, uh, I've written probably since middle school. Um, was the first, my first attempt at a romance novel. <laughs> it was this crazy, you know, thing that was like a, there was a wagon train involved or something. I don't, it was when I was reading my historicals. <laughs> oh, so okay. Most ridiculous 11-year-old plot ever. <laughs> but, you know, I had kind of gotten away from it, you know, once um, I, you know, graduated from college because, like, oh, you've got to have a job and make money and that kind of thing. And so I kind of got away from it. And I wrote my novella, um, Martini Seduction, which I published with um, Siren Publishing. Um, but then again, you know, work got in the way. But, yeah, I've always wanted to be a romance writer for as long as I could remember. I just wasn't sure how to make it happen, you know, until, you know, the Internet. And I was like, oh, you here's some publishing houses that I can go to, and this is what they're looking for. And, and that's kind of how I, you know, got into it. That's very cool that you, you, you had it, then you came back to it. And there was that fanfic in the middle, which is so much. We hear over and over again that, you know, that fanfic is kind of the bridge. Right, there. yeah. And, it sounds like the fanfic kind of led you towards Champions of Desire, too, because you mentioned your wrestling fanfic. Right, yeah. What is it um, about wrestling that has you so <laughs> in the fandom uh, and now in the books? I was a kid. Um, my, my dad is a big wrestling fan, and you know he used to take us down to the chase and down to the kill to watch wrestling all the time when I was little. And so I just kind of, I've always watched it. And then as I got older, you know, as a, as a kid, I didn't notice it. But as I got older, I was like, this is like, so it's two dudes and they're like oiled and naked rolling on top of each other. What is happening? Why does no one see? <laughs> Why does no one see that this is, you know, just begging to have some, you know, ships and romance novels written about it. So that's, you know, how I got involved with writing that. <laughs> how big is the shipping in, in, in wrestling? Um, it's pretty huge, um, you know. It's, it's, if you were to look on somewhere like fanfiction.net, you would see that it's probably one of the biggest fandoms on there. Um, just because, you know, it's, it's, there's so many different wrestling promotions and things like that for people to get involved in. Um, so it's, 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 it's pretty popular, <laughs> but then again, not in a mainstream type way, you know, it's like once you get in, involved in it, then you're like, oh my God, this is huge. But if you're not already involved and you're probably not going to be as, as aware of it. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just the fact that, you know, I think for, um, people who are watching, who don't get to see the romance storylines in wrestling, because the ones that are normally there are either a joke or they end badly. Uh, it's just a chance for us to kind of bring that into it and kind of see the things that we wish that we could see. Um, so that's, I think where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Now, Champions of Desire, the second book in that series, in his corner, came out in April. What do what what do readers get to find inside that book? Um, so for that one, that's uh, Trey and Brandon, um, which are um, their tag team in the um, in Frontier Professional Wrestling. Um, but at the time um, of this, where the series starts, we've got the we've got sort of like a mutual pining thing going on because as we saw in the first book, Trey has a thing for Brandon 
but doesn't think um, Brandon is, you know, involved, is interested at all. Uh, Brandon has a thing for Trey, but he's got his own insecurities, and that kind of makes him a little bit nervous to kind of even really, you know, go there and, and, and attempt it. And so uh, rather than try to do so, he's like, okay, I've been hinting around. He's not catching my hint, so I'm just going to leave because I would rather be away from here instead of, you know, standing here with my heart pounding, looking at him every day. <laughs> So he goes and he leaves and it turns out badly for both of them because they are better together. And so he has to um, he has to, you know, realize that and come back and, and be together with his partner and his friend again. And then they have to build their relationship from there and, and just determine how that's going to work for them as a couple. Um, and it's just it's 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 probably <laughs> and of course all of the wrestling stuff is tied into it you know where they have things that are on the storyline side of the wrestling that are playing into the relationship and kind of you know working that together so that they follow the same story um so i had a lot of fun writing it excellent and i over time i'm guessing that you've figured out how to strike the balance between the day job world and the and finding the the, the time to write yeah um it's it's difficult um, sometimes um, because I, well, I prefer to get up really early in the morning. I get up around 4.30 and write um, just because it's easier for me to get it done before I've done anything else in the day. And when it's still quiet, even though I live by myself, you know, it's just it feels quieter, <laughs> you know, at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning than it does. And so then once I'm, you know, I've kind of gotten all the writing out then I can go do day, day job stuff. And it's good to, you know, get out of the house and see people, you know, instead of just being cooped up by myself all the time. And then, you know, by the time, you know, it's time to go home, then I'm ready to start writing again. So it, it's, it kind of it kind of works. Krista, I'm curious, when it comes to sports romance, how do you um, how do you delve into the intricacies of, of the sport itself? so that it's appealing for fans, specifically of wrestling, but is also appealing to someone who um, doesn't know anything at all about the sport, which is me. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, read the, I read the first book in this series, and I loved it to pieces, but I know literally nothing about wrestling. So how do you walk that line between uh, basically two different kinds of readers? Um, I'm constantly aware of that when I'm writing that series. Um, I try to keep it um, as basic as possible um, so that people who don't know wrestling can understand what I'm talking about and, and kind of get it, And but also want to make sure that it's it's visual enough that you can picture it. So like when I'm just when I'm writing one of the scenes where they're in the ring, I mean in my brain I you know I've seen I don't even know how many wrestling matches and I can and I know all these moves and everything, but I don't want to throw all that out there because like for a reader they're like what is this crap and they're just you know they're just gonna go past it. Whereas people who um, are wrestling fans they don't want to um, I don't want to write it in a way that's incorrect because then they're like oh that's not right you know I thought she was a wrestling fan she doesn't know what she's doing. So I just try to pull the you know, the basic stuff. That's why I think I mentioned suplexes mentioned in there like 10,000 times because most people know what a suplex is. So I just try to write it as as basic as possible, but also accurate so that the people who don't know wrestling can picture it. And then also the people who, you know, do know wrestling, you know, know that I know what I'm talking about and they're not going to, you know, get all weird, you know, and, you know, nerdy about it. And then just also try to Try to make, try to tie the um, emotion to it always. So I think, um, especially with Trey and Brandon's story, each wrestling scene 
always meant something. It wasn't just, okay, let's have another wrestling scene. It's, you know, it's tied to something. So for example, when Trey is having his match, uh, when he gets booed in his hometown, it's because I want to show that he's struggling, you know, on his own. Not, it's not just there just to be there. So that hopefully the, the, the person who's reading it, who's not a wrestling fan, even if they don't quite understand each move I'm talking about, they understand the emotion that's behind it. So that, that was the goal anyway. <laughs> Well, I think you did an excellent job, um, and there and you even included a terminology key at the beginning of the book. Oh, nice! <laughs> which which is very helpful. I didn't need it. I I was able to keep up with everything, but it's it's very nice that you included that. Thank you. I thought it would be helpful. Just you know, a lot of times people don't even read those. You know, it's like oh, they just go through and figure it out from con from context. But I thought it just in case somebody wanted to see it, they would just like as a safety net, know it was there, so they wouldn't have to be nervous that they wouldn't understand what I was talking about. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, Will mentioned in his review that Champions of Desire might be the best series title <laughs> ever. <laughs> is there an origin to that, or did, is that one of those things that just kind of snapped into your head when you were thinking about the series? I, I can't take any credit for that series title <laughs> at all. My friend came up with it. <laughs> I was sitting there. I'm really bad at naming stuff. I don't think I've named any. Uh, I think I named one or maybe two of my books. I think most of my niece, uh, Tanyetta, and my friend Amanda name all my stuff for me. So I was sitting there trying to think of a, of a series name, just like what, you know, I was throwing stuff out there. I had like this whole list of names I was trying to come up with. My friend Amanda, who's also a wrestling fan, she was like, what about Champions of Desire? And I was like, Oh, I really like that. Like that that makes sense. You know, they're champions and then it's desire for the sexy and just like, you know, let's put those together. And so <laughs> I well, really liked it. it. It just stuck from there. So I, that's where it came from. Yeah, kudos to her. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell her that <laughs> Now in April you, you wrote a blog post that we referenced on the show about the lack of diversity in gay romance and really called on everyone, the readers, the writers, the bloggers, everyone to stand up and kind of take a stand on that. Uh, what was the reaction to that post now that we're a couple months out from that? Um, for the most part, it was really positive. Um, I had a lot of people sharing the post, everyone who, you know, either commented um, directly to me or on my Facebook, you know, the comments or on Twitter, they were mostly, I mean, they were, I think there was one person who had something negative to say and I just, you know, but everybody else was really positive about it and just was kind of like, you know, oh, I didn't even realize, you know, I didn't, I didn't think about that. And it makes sense, you know, because if, if that's, if something has always been one way, unless something point, unless someone points it out to you, you don't know. And so you don't have a way to realize that there could be different ways of doing things. And so I, I, I hope that, from from that blog post, people were like, "Oh wait, this is <laughs> this this there there is lack of diversity. So maybe I should go and you know uh, put in diversity uh, when I'm going on Amazon.com or check out some of these blogs and just kind of see what I can find." So so that that was the goal. Like you know, it wasn't. That's why I said, "Here's some action items for you." You know, that was the the whole point was to give you something to do instead of just you know, let's not complain about it. I'm not bashing anybody. If you didn't know, you didn't know. But now here's some things you can do to make that better. So. That was the whole point for me anyway. Yeah, I think this past spring, a lot of uh, uh, difficult things happened uh, within our uh, specific subgenre. Um, a lot of things like the Riptide situation and the um, stats about the Rita Awards, um, it all kind of came out all at once and it really kind of sucked. 
Um, but <laughs> what what I think you managed to do in your post, it, it you were able to be um, very straightforward but very heartfelt. And I think what you you put into words what I had been thinking and feeling, but but had been unable to to really kind of vocalize. So mm -hmm. I, thank you for doing that. I just wanted to thank say that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you. I'm yeah. glad you got something from it. That was, you know, I, I really wanted to, I didn't want anyone to feel attacked. I just wanted to just kind of share, you know, things that we could do to, like I said, make the subgenre better. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I think, and I think that's why it, it came from, it, it read so well and had such good power because it came from that place of really, you know, wanting to put that into, into action for some people. Yeah. Right. Um, one of the most heartbreaking and, and really disturbing things that you put in that post was, was this quote, I'm a black woman and even at, and even I had thoughts that the books by and about black people weren't of good quality because that's what you were taught, mostly indirectly by publishing. And mm -hmm. I, I really found that crushing that the books where you see yourself as a person are, are you're immediately like, well, those aren't as good. And you say you had to unlearn that. What guidance can you offer so that kind of everyone can unlearn that behavior of, of what they might have been taught, you know, subconsciously over the years and decades? Um, I think for, for me, what I had to realize um, was that it was okay to see, you know, my culture reflected in a book. Um, because when you're when you're reading romance, um, when you're reading literature, you know that we read in high school, you pretty much you get one style, you get one viewpoint, you get one culture presented to you over and over and over again. And so when you see something different, you're like, what is this? This is this isn't the same thing I was expecting. I felt like I felt like what I expected to see in a romance featuring black people was black people fit into a white culture. Um, so they would be the exact same thing. They were just black, you know, when I read a romance. And so when I read them and they weren't like that, when it was actually more like what I actually see in my own life, I was like, this is, this isn't the, you know, rich dukes in the castle that I'm used to reading about. What is this, you know? And so it was just, so it just seemed like it didn't, it wasn't of quality when that's not the, that's not what's true. It's just the fact that it's just different. So I had to um, change my mindset to go into it not having expectations of any of, of a certain type of thing. So I think when people are starting to read um, more diversely, they need to expect or not have an expectation that's going to be exactly like what they're used to because it's it is going to be different. So you have to accept that. Okay, I'm going to read this. It's not, it's different. That doesn't mean it's bad. That doesn't mean, and I hate to even use this word, that doesn't mean it's ghetto. That just means that it's a different style. That's all it is, you know, and it's a different culture that you can kind of learn and appreciate. And so I think just just knowing that ahead of time is what's, it's, it's very helpful and important so that you're not, you know, you see something different and you have an immediate negative, you know, association with it. You know, you've got to put that aside and it might take a few books before you get there and kind of realize like, oh, hey, this is it's OK that they are having different, you know, um, customs on Thanksgiving Day or that they have a different way of expressing emotion or a different way of, you know, just celebrating being happy or different, you know, um, terms that are just used. It's just it's different, not bad, just different, I think. Mm -hmm. Did that affect you when you started writing or had you already unlearned this as you, before you got going with the writing? No, um, that's something that I'm actually still 
trying to unlearn, I think. Mm-hmm. I think for me, um, I since I grew up reading just the same thing every everyone else reads, that was the style that I've brought to the table. And so um, when I am trying to make sure that um, I'm maybe bringing more black culture into a book, um, I always stop and think, is this too much? Or mm-hmm. <laughs> or is this, you know, um, is this gonna be, make sense to the reader? Um, or is this, or are they gonna look at this and think this is just weird and not wanna be bothered with it? And then just, just kind of accepting to myself that it's okay. Like for example, in Trey and Brandon's story, there's a scene where, um, you know, he's he's messing with Brandon's hair. He's got naturally curly hair and, you know, I've, you know, wrote about how he would style it for him. And that's something that unless you've got that type of hair you've never experienced before and don't know the, you know, just pain in the butt part of it. <laughs> so, you know, just having to, you know, realize that it's okay to mention that. It's okay for people to read about it and it's okay to just kind of just talk about it just like you would anything else. So so I definitely did have to and I'm still working on unlearning just expecting it to be exactly like every other type of book out there. So what authors and books are inspiring to you? I think at this point, um, and I can't even say that I have any any modern um, authors that are inspiring me. It's because I'm I've I've still got the same type of books in my head, you know. Um, so for me, I think the 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 books that I was reading, like the Johanna Lindsay's and Virginia Henley, that's all still in here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm still trying to get to the point where I'm bringing you know more uh, different types of you know books and authors in. Um, so I haven't really um, gotten to a point where I've kind of I guess folded over into a new style of writing or something because I, I still have that you know those old school romances just you know still in there kicking around. <laughs> it's understandable. Now. You've come. You, you've brought our listeners kind of a, a cool package of prize. I think. What What are you offering up? And, and you can't have well, this. I, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just wanted to put together just the little Champions of Desire prize pack. So just you know the first and um, second books that are currently out, and I've got just some you know buttons and you know the little. Um, um, cover art, postcards, and things like that. So just kind of a little prize pack so readers can kind of um, have the book in their hands and you know, have a signed copy and just 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 enjoy the whole package if they would like. <laughs> awesome. Well, we will we'll do a raffle copter for our listeners and they'll find that on the show notes page for this week and it'll run through the entire week. And uh, that's very cool. Thank you for offering that. No problem. Uh, what's coming up next for you? Um, well, right now I'm um, starting to move into some um, sci-fi type romance. So mm-hmm. I'm writing, um, I'm writing a, um, uh, I'm starting a new series. I'm putting up a, a book that's going to blog at first, just to kind of ease my way into those kind of the subgenre shift and kind of give readers a chance to see what I'm doing and you know a chance for me to kind of work on that because I've only been writing contemporary to this point. So, um, so I'm writing, a, um, I'm writing, a, um, I'm almost finished. I'm going to start posting it hopefully this Sunday, if not next Sunday. Um, it, it's a series basically where um, humans have, you know, evolved be, um, and they've kind of joined with another race. 
space and they're um you know, it's, it's basically because i've become over the past couple years a big anime nerd <laughs> and i really like you know like the mechas and i love voltron and gundam wing and that type of stuff so it's basically if you were to just combine all that and put some romance with it that's, that's what i'm writing <laughs> wow congratulations i like it scares me to think about writing something like sci-fi or paranormal because of just all the extra rules. Like, I understand contemporary life fairly well, I think. <laughs> but to go in and all that world building and everything, that's... Do you have other yeah, genres you want to... Yeah, <laughs> Do you have other genres you want to go off and, and, and pursue in all in all of your book ideas? Uh, I also, I also want to write some fantasy stuff, so like historical fantasy type things, um, because that's what I... Um, history was always my main thing. So I went to school for, I have a degree in history. Um, and so just, you know, and I like fantasy and that, that type of thing. So I'm hoping to, you know, within the next um, couple of years to write some historical fantasy type books as well. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> That's very cool. Now, where can people keep up with you online so they can go read this series as you do it, but also stay in touch? Um, the best place to start is my website, um, KristaTomlinson.com. Uh, that's where you'll find pretty much everything else. But I'm on Facebook as Krista Tomlinson. I'm on Instagram as Krista Tomlinson. Um, my Twitter is a little, my Twitter handle is kind of a mishmash of my derby name. It's, it's ShockZ314. <laughs> um, but if you just type in Krista Tomlinson on Twitter, it'll come up. Um, so basically just um, KristaTomlinson.com and then um, all of the social media stuff, just put my name in and they can find me. Very cool. Well, Krista, thank you so much for hanging out with us for a few minutes. We very much appreciate it. It's been a blast talking to you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> she was awesome. Thank you so much, Krista, for coming to talk to us. And I really have to read those books. Have to, have to, have to. A reminder, as she said, uh, she's got an awesome giveaway for us. Uh, one winner will get the two signed paperbacks for the Champions of Desire series, plus a nice swag pack. And she's being super generous, sending this to people anywhere in the world. So everyone has the opportunity to enter, enter the raffle copter on the week's show notes page. Yeah. Um, it's always wonderful when an author chooses to uh, give something away to our listeners. But this is a, a pretty exceptional prize pack. And we urge everyone to go to the show notes page for this specific episode uh, and get signed up on the raffle copter because uh, you're going to want these books. Yeah. Uh, as a reminder, it is just seven days from the the Monday that this episode yes. premieres. So be sure go online. I know we tell you this over and over <laughs> again, but please go to the show notes page for this specific episode. Here is actually a little tip. We have tip. a very. Um, a very small but very loyal listenership. And of all of those listeners, only a very small handful actually go to the show notes page mm -hmm. like we recommend and usually enter these giveaways. So whenever you do enter a giveaway, your chances are very, very good of winning. So if you would like to win Krista's amazing prize pack, please go to the show notes page at biggayfictionpodcast.com. Yes, and do it before June, the end of the day on June 3rd. Yes. So coming up in episode 139, we're going to kick off Pride Month. Uh, Julian Winters, uh, debut author, he's going to join us and talk about his new novel, Running With Lions. The book is so good. 
I'll be reviewing it uh, in the show next week, but I can't recommend it highly enough. It is awesome, and you all should go pre-order it now. <laughs> Advice from the co-host. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, guys, I think that I'll do it for this week. Remember that no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. For detailed show notes and the complete episode backlist, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. 